Do we believe everything we're told? Some early experiments on anchoring and adjustment tested whether distracting the subjects, rendering subjects cognitively busy by asking them to keep a lookout for a five in strings of numbers or some such, would decrease adjustment and hence increase the influence of anchors. Most of the experiments seemed to bear out the idea that cognitive busyness increased anchoring and, more generally, contamination. Looking over the accumulating experimental results, more and more findings of contamination exacerbated by cognitive busyness, Daniel Gilbert saw a truly crazy pattern emerging. Do we believe everything we're told? One might naturally think that on being told a proposition, we would first comprehend what the proposition meant, then consider the proposition, and finally accept or reject it. This obvious-seeming model of cognitive process flow dates back to Descartes. But Descartes' rival, Spinoza, disagreed. Spinoza suggested that we first passively accept a proposition in the course of comprehending it, and only afterward actively disbelieve propositions which are rejected by consideration. Over the last few centuries, philosophers pretty much went along with Descartes since his view seemed more, you know, logical and intuitive. But Gilbert saw a way of testing Descartes and Spinoza's hypotheses experimentally. If Descartes is right, then distracting subjects should interfere with both accepting true statements and rejecting false statements. If Spinoza is right, then distracting statements should cause them to remember false statements as being true, but should not cause them to remember true statements as being false. Gilbert, Kroll, and Malone from 1990 bears out this result, showing that among subjects presented with novel statements labeled true or false, distraction had no effect on identifying true propositions. 55% success for uninterrupted presentations versus 58% when interrupted, but did affect identifying false propositions. 55% success when uninterrupted versus 35% when interrupted. A much more dramatic illustration was produced in follow-up experiments by Gilbert, Tafaridi, and Malone in 1993. Subjects read aloud crime reports crawling across a video monitor in which the color of the text indicated whether a particular statement was true or false. Some reports contained false statements that exacerbated the severity of the crime. Other reports contained false statements that extenuated or excused the crime. Some subjects also had to pay attention to strings of digits looking for a five while reading the crime reports, this being the distraction task to create cognitive busyness. Finally, subjects had to recommend the length of prison terms for each criminal from zero to 20 years. Subjects in the cognitively busy condition recommended an average of 11.15 years in prison for criminals in the exacerbating condition, that is, criminals whose reports contained labeled false statements exacerbating the severity of the crime. Busy subjects recommended an average of 5.83 years in prison for criminals whose reports contained labeled false statements excusing the crime. This nearly twofold difference was, as you expect, statistically significant. Non-busy participants read exactly the same reports with exactly the same labels and the same strings of numbers occasionally crawling past, except they did not have to search for the number 5. Thus, they could devote more attention to unbelieving statements labeled false. These non-busy participants recommended 7.03 years versus 6.03 years for criminals whose reports falsely exacerbated or falsely excused. 
Gilbert, Teferati, and Malone's paper was entitled, You Can't Not Believe Everything You Read. This suggests, to say the very least, that we should be more careful when we expose ourselves to unreliable information, especially if we're doing something else at the same time. Be careful when you glance at the newspaper in the supermarket.